I might. Listen. I used to love a lover, but now I hate a hater. Went to another lover, so now we'll see you later. She on the phone riffing, saying she needs... You are now tuned in to DAR Sports Media, where we apologize for coming to you a little bit late. Since we are the wrestling podcast for people who go outside, on occasion, we might be a little bit late because we're outside. Unfortunately, well... Not unfortunately. Fortunately for some, unfortunately for others, our guy True was um celebrating in various establishments on a Friday night. Um, so we weren't able to come to you just yet, but we got you today. Um, kind of a slow-ish news week. True, I don't even know. Did you even watch any wrestling this week, brother? Uh, no. <laughs> it's a good thing. <laughs> That we mostly cover the news then. I think the first uh, news piece that happened about a week ago today. Impact going back to TNA wrestling. Uh, And I found that interesting that it happened in the same week that. It was announced that NWA had their TV deal. Um, And now Impact. It's rebranding back to the old TNA. And there's also. Uh, talking about um, you know running bigger building looks like they're overall trying to make a little bit of of a surge um, in the way that they present their business. The initial thing I wanted to bring up, both get your thoughts and feelings about them going back to that branding, but also like you know we're as we often state on the show a little bit of an older generation. Um, I'm not sure if the current uh, you know the real demo the 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 16 to 30 crew. Uh, I'm not sure they really use the, the euphemism TNA to mean, I don't, I don't know if that's a thing anymore. Like means uh, tits and ass. Like, I don't, I don't think that's a, is that a thing? Do people still say that? Do people still use the, you, the, the young folks, not, I mean, we know what it means, but no, like, I don't, I don't, I don't think, is that even a thing? So is not. that really going to, is yeah. that really going to hurt them? I don't, I don't think so. I feel like I've, I haven't heard that. I haven't, I haven't heard, heard, heard that way uh, from anybody who didn't have a gut and a mustache for quite a long time. So, uh, yeah, what do you think of the rebrand? And I, and and I don't, I just don't know if it has that that connotation in the modern age. We're gonna have to query the young people. Too bad we didn't have Morgan on here. We'd ask her if she knew if she ever heard that phrase before. I'm guaranteed. Uh, yeah, I, I, I would have loved to have seen it. saw her reaction to that one. Morgan would punch throat punch someone if they said that. To her. Oh, no, so, I bet. I bet. What no, do you think um, of the rebrand? I uh, don't know how much it really matters. You know what I mean? Like, does it really matter? Like, I mean, it's cool, I guess. You know what I mean? Like, it's cool. It's not. It's it's not. It's not like a big deal to me. But I mean, it's cool. But um, you know, I think, I think Impact Wrestling needed a boost of some sort in the public eye. So. You know, Impact's going back to TNA. It might it might have people who didn't watch for a while. Maybe they might, you know. They lost um, them. Yeah, you know, maybe they'll you know, maybe they'll say, you know what, like you might not stay for for, for long, but maybe you'll go back and be like, Oh, TNA's back. Let me give this show a watch. You know? So Because from what I've heard, it's uh it's pretty generally pretty high quality programming from week to week it's a it's a matter of getting that programming in front of eyes at this point 
Um, so maybe that was part, right? that was the gist of it. Yeah. Um, I saw old, old, uh in that that promo video. I saw our, our friend old Savannah Evans looking badass in it in the background. Yeah. 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 Looking like the, the, I was looking. I was looking to see if the one glove, if the one leather glove, was on her. Uh, she had the shades, looking great. So it's funny. So when the the funniest thing that I thought I saw when they did this TNA's back, and I think they did the video backstage of showing the talent reacting to it. And I don't know if this is on on their TV show or whatever. I saw it on on Twitter, and the talent's like, yeah, yeah, like everybody's excited and celebrating. And there's like Kenny King in the background looking like he does not care at all. And I thought that was, I don't know if that was done. I don't know if that was supposed to be done on purpose, but I assume it was. And I thought that was hilarious because I was just like, hey, they showing like, you know, Trey Miguel and, and everybody else like, yeah, everybody's high-fiving and clapping. And then there's just Kenny King way in his back like, no one cares about this. I mean, that change. was going to be my next point overall. So I think it's a it's a net. He goes the door. It's a net positive because, like we discussed, I don't think that that uh, branding has a negative connotation anymore with the younger crowd. Um, and also, at at the very least, it seemed like the wrestlers were pretty excited about it. So, uh, it's not going to hurt you and gives the wrestlers a little pep in their step. The performers, then hell, I'm fucking with it. Yeah, I mean, like I said, it's cool. Uh, it'll look cool with the logo. You know what I mean? It'll, it'll also, look, that that belt, bit. that TNA belt, uh, from like the Kurt Angle fucking era was fucking. I liked it a lot, so I hope they bring it back. Yeah, no, no, I, 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 I thought TNA, you know, in its prime, TNA was pretty, was pretty solid. You know, I think that oh three to like oh seven ish run, it's pretty solid. Like I didn't watch a lot of it because at the time I just like was too busy to watch, you know, and, and find it, but. I think uh, I think I had like two DVDs during that time. I think it was a Destination X uh, DVD and a was it Victory Road or something like that. I think it yeah, was called. Yeah. And I remember it was like one of those matches where AJ and Angle had one, and and Joe was on the show, and, and I think Joe I had one with Joe and Angle on there, and I was just watching all the like the X Division to me is what got me into TNA, like really. Because I kept seeing people talk about the you gotta grab the X and you gotta you know come down with the X and I would see all this crazy. It was like their cruiserweight division, really. You know what I mean? It felt like their cruiserweights, and that's what made TNA stand out. And I think when you notice certain companies, right? Like even when WCW got popular, as much as the NWO and you know Stings and the Lugers and all and the Savages, like as much as they played a role in it. Well, also played a role was having that cruiserweight title, the the TV title, and and you having your a strong undercard, and I think that's what TNA had. Even when I wasn't too fond of some of their like main eventers, I like I've never been a big Jeff Jarrett fan ever in history ever. So uh, when Jeff Jarrett was like champion thirty seven times in TNA, I, was, I really didn't care for it. But every time I saw, um, you know, like was it Petey Williams? I want to say, and, and was it. Eli, was it Eli Skipper was his name? Yeah, yeah, oh yeah, 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 yeah. And a couple of those other guys, like I said, like like I'm, that was the big. And then you know, Christopher Daniels was was that's where I really focused in on Christopher Daniels. Like I know he had done some you know some work prior to that, but it just that's where I started focusing on Christopher Daniels. And uh, and then when Angle came over, I was completely like like yo, Kurt Angle going to TNA, that's crazy. 
And I say that to say TNA could use a Kurt Angle-esque signing to get them some eyes on their product heading into their new era. Will they get that? I don't think so. But it'd be worth not, it. Not at this juncture. Not 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 this juncture. Trin- I, and it's crazy because Trinity could have um probably been that, I think, in some way, if it was done differently, if they, they still had yeah. some goodwill. But there's just, you know, because it's like if Trinity had decide decided to uh join on the first show. You know what I mean? Like join the first yeah. ever team, like the first show of TNA coming back. Then I think it would have felt important. It's all about your marketing, right? It's just all about your marketing and how you market it. And I don't think they, I don't think they marketed it properly. And they just announced it on the end of a show, and it's like, okay, like all right, like I get it. But and then people would be. This kind of leads into something that I wanted to talk about. Um, because then people would be, oh, do, 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 former WWE guys. WWE light. Oh, yeah. When people used to shit on it with TNA back in the mid 00s, it was fucking dumb. When people shit on AEW for it now, it's fucking dumb. When anybody, it's, it's always fucking dumb. Every single major wrestling promotion in the history of fucking earth has signed people from other fucking places. Like, that's just the way it fucking works. You cannot, you cannot. Point to me an era where that was not the fucking case, except for when WWE was the only show that was going for, you know, 10, 15 years. Attitude era. Yeah. Who's your top five stars in the Attitude era? Stone Cold, Triple H, Mankind, Rock, Undertaker. Four out of five. Four out of five came from WCW. Yep. In matter of fact, a lot of people forget this because they forget all the later stuff, but the Mankind gimmick, that was like a big part of his fucking gimmick. That really famous series of interviews with Jim Ross that like put him over, he talked about that. He screamed, why didn't you want me when I was good? Referring to Vince McMahon not signing him in his earlier WCW days. Nope. So you cannot, going further back than that, Golden Era, Hulk Hogan, big star in AEWA. Randy Savage, big star in Florida. Ultimate Warrior, started off in Texas and uh, USWA, or not USWA, uh, Mid-South. This is the way Everybody wrestling works. from somewhere. This is the way wrestling works. It always has, always will, as long as there's multiple companies working. So, shut the fuck up. Shut the fuck Pretty up. Much. Growing your growing your homegrown talent is important. Absolutely it is. But it's always been a mix. In a perfect world, you use those guys with name value you're bringing in from other places to get eyes on onto the homegrown guys that you're building. You use those guys with some name value to bring in some attention to show and, and exhibit and put on a platform your guys that you're trying to get better and get over. It's how this shit's supposed to fucking work. And it's how it works in various forms of fucking entertainment. Um, it, it ain't no different than, than these here fucking podcasts where we firmly believe that we're better than a lot of people that do this. We just need to get the the ears to listen to, to give it a shot and then it'll keep going. That's why we bring in people who are a lot bigger deal than we are 
to be guests on the show. And those people come do it because they recognize real, recognize real. That should be more. <laughs> yeah. Right. That, that, That's how all this yeah, shit real works. Recognize real. So it's the game. It's the game. Shut man. the fuck up. Really? That's the game. Um, another company that has uh, had those, those types of, well, another thing I wanted to touch on real quick, because you highlighted the X division. And that's something that a lot of people um, used to say was, oh, the X division is what hooked me into. The thing is, is in modern wrestling, half the fucking card is like the X division at this point. Is there a, yep. is there a fucking match that you can watch now that doesn't have a, a, a tope or a fucking suicide dive through the ropes or some shit like that? All of them have that. So what that's you need in wrestling today, I think what what you and me can agree on, and it's actually very, very simple and straightforward. Um, and I think a lot of people listening, if they sit back and they think about it, they're like, oh, no, this makes sense. Just don't have stupid shit on your show. It's a very simple concept. That's that's all. That's that's it. Have solid competitive matches. Have continuity between the way that you use your characters and your stories where you can where somebody feels like they can be secure and in investing into your show, your storylines, your characters, that this thing isn't going to shut down, that you're not just going to randomly pull them for weeks at a time, that things aren't going to, and, and people, it sounds simple, but like, just, you know, we can pull up, we can sit here without shitting on people directly. We can sit here and pull up a hundred fucking examples of these very simple things, not being able to be followed. Um, and don't have stupid shit on your show. Don't make your audience feel like a fucking idiot for watching it. That's a fact. So if TNA wants to progress, continuity, stability, competitive matches, don't have stupid shit on your show. I agree. Um, I feel like Impact slash TNA, they've they've improved their quality recently. You know, at least that's what I've been told because... It's very clear. Haven't watched. Haven't watched. So, uh, but I know they just had. You know, I think Osprey was over there, and he was wrestling um, Speedball, I think. And a lot of people talked about uh, Speedball Mike Mike Bailey, and I think a lot of people said that was a really good match. And you know, I I think like I said, that's that's going to be TNA's calling card. You know, going forward, and. You have to just bring in wrestlers. And it's also a thing, like, is TNA going to be this, you know, this, the same company, uh, the same company that they are right now where you have your, you know, they have Trinity there. They got uh, Sonny Kiss just came in. They got, uh, you know, Osprey coming over there. There's rumors that they were trying to get Punk to show up. And Punk did show up at the show. He just wasn't on the actual card. So it's like they have enough connections to where you could possibly do something like if you're TNA and you you don't and it's if CM Punk um you know if CM Punk was considering a return to wrestling which I'm sure he is cuz he's posting Instagram videos of himself training which is usually a sign that he's nearing a return or something so if he did not go to WWE as it is expected for him to eventually end up in WWE. Could he possibly be somebody who does like a short-term thing and, and test out TNA? Because I'll say this, people in TNA are very receptive to CM Punk 
and they are very uh, open to listening to CM Punk and taking his advice and working with him. The only issue with the CM Punk in TNA is he has no peer in TNA. There is no peer in TNA. The draw would just be CM Punk. That's the problem with TNA right now. Because you have to bring in... Because you make them. Right? That's the challenge. It's not a problem, but it is a problem. He needs one more peer that you hold at the top of the card that you say, okay, we're looking forward to eventually these two clashing, but we're going to watch to see who else they clash with on the way up. Maybe after they bring Punk in, it'll get some attention from some other guys. There was a rumor earlier on this week, um, and this is funny because the things we say, just they just come into existence. Um, there's rumors earlier on this happens. week that a lot of people who have deals coming up in 2024 have not been approached by the new Endeavor leadership over at WWE to discuss extensions or new deals. Um, there's a there's a little intel on that on that um the wwe has some decisions to make with some of these and knowing some of the names won't say them but some of the names that are in peril for 2024 if i'm tna if you have an investor who can get you into a building for one and get some money together um i would reach out and be like hey hell yeah um, you know I, I don't know if i don't know if you can pay everybody what they're worth because yeah that's just not gonna happen um you know a couple people were, were said to have signed a, a extension with wwe but guess what that's false so um i'm interested to see i'll say this I'm interested to see how Crown Jewel shakes out with this Seth Rollins and Drew McIntyre match. Um, yeah. Very interested. Uh, also, there is a looming current free agent that is moving around a lot. And, well, I won't say a lot. She has moved around uh, one place right now. So, um, and that free agent is a lady who, I guess, taking us from TNA, but also segue into another thing we need to talk about, Ronda Rousey, um, who seems like she's supposedly hated wrestling. And yet, here we are. She is looking at uh, working. She just worked a show with uh, Marina Shafir, who is one of her best friends and has been her best friend for quite some time. And now she's working, I think, the, was a PW Revolver show coming up? Something like uh, that, yeah. So if you're TNA, I mean, does she still have an interest in wrestling? You get If you could get a CM Punk to go into TNA and then get a Ronda Rousey, first of all, that's a very expensive gamble on both, but it could be worth it. So... Give it a shot. But um, yeah, like I said, TNA, they, they have a lot of things to fix. Um, but they do need a night, they do need a name. They need a name to go with it. I mean, you get uh you get punk, you got Ronda, Ronda, and they already got uh Alexander. You know, you get one more guy in there, one more guy or gal 
who works that style and then, oh, DNA all of a sudden is the place where people beat the shit out of each other. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like you could, you could, with having Alexander already in the house, uh, punk, you know, his, uh, his, his real life fighting record is, uh, quite established at this point. <laughs> and then you get Rhonda in there. You're like one more legit fighting, you know, that style of, of, of worker or, or person away from this, you know, TNA kind of having this niche is like this is the place where, you know, people who fucking shoot fight and, and work stiff fucking exist at. You know what I'm saying? There, you're not that many signings away from from being able to give yourself a little bit of a niche and a little bit of a a little bit more of a unique niche and something to put out there for people to like, hey, take a look at this. Old Josh Barnett's out there, like do the do the whole thing. <laughs> well. Um speaking of names eyes and numbers uh which wanted to go over the theory here because people act shocked and i don't know why it's it seems like something that well, i mean we do know why but wrestling fans can't quite seem to keep track of is this theory that when a show is poor quality the numbers the next week are the ones that suffer Numbers of a show, generally, unless there's crazy shit popping on the show and you're gaining viewers throughout the show, but we have not seen that, I don't think, in years uh, on AEW. Um, this week's show, I thought was Dynamite was pretty excellent. Um, and while we, you know, and then we last week we we explained how we thought last week's show was uh, dog shit. Um, this week. Here we go. The numbers are out. It's a pretty fucking terrible number. Um, when the last worst week, ratings really... of 2023, I think, right? Uh, I, I mean, they got less on when they did the Tuesday Dynamite. But Oh, yeah. But I mean, like, like I think for Wednesday. Worst number worst on Wednesday. Wednesday, yeah. So, I mean, but then last week they had damn near a million. So, there you go. This this is just follow, follow the a bunch of, you know, when we talk about eyes and we talk about exposure and we talk about how that influences what happens to you going forward. So last week, a very large audience tuned in and saw a poor show. And therefore, a shitload of them did not come back the next week. And so they missed what was a very good show. Yep. That's how this works. And then hopefully, from this good show, people will hear about it, people will watch it on DVR, whatever ends up happening, and that audience will be back in some part in some part next week um but yeah that's what happened uh very poor show Nine hundred thousand people shot a lot of them fucking tuned out to miss what was a very excellent show the other night wednesday night um and i think a large somewhat it, the numbers weren't as bad when the show kicked off and then they kind of fucking cratered at a certain point in the show again this podcast you're listening to right now, we do not tell lies. I'll just I'll just put it like that. The number, the data of when about 200,000 people tuned out is out there. You can go look it up for yourself. It's something that we fucking have mentioned on this show many, many times. Just going to just going to put that there. Um, so true. If you want to elaborate on that, I think I've laid it out. Wrestling fans. 
when a show is bad, the next week's numbers are going to be the ones that reflect it generally, not the week of. And yeah, same thing, vice versa. That's been my theory. So my theory is, um, you know, it's interesting because I think the night that they went head to head with NXT um, on Tuesday, I actually thought Dynamite was the better show by far, honestly. Oh, yeah. Um, but the numbers aren't going to always reflect quality. And I liken that to a lot of things, you know, like look at some of the most critically acclaimed films, some of the most critically acclaimed albums. They aren't five to 10 times platinum. They didn't do 500 million in the box office. Uh, but then you have a bunch of crap that does, does so well. And I think with wrestling, it's a week by week thing. So it's a little tougher, but I think, What's missing from AEW, in which, and what's interesting is that the bad show that they had, I don't really know why that show did as well as it did. Being <laughs> really honest, I really don't know why that show did as well as it did because it was such an awful show. Well, but, but that goes with the theory because the week before was excellent. Pretty, pretty good so show, right? Word, DVR, hey, this, hey, Dynamite's fucking cracking again. Let me check it out live since it's not in competition with NXT this, this week. And then they did. And they got what they got, and they're gone again. And that's, yeah, like I said, this is where, you know, for me, I, like I, I don't know. Like I said, I think you know, people tune in and then tune out. And I think the the issue with for Dynamite is how do you keep those one hundred fifty to two hundred thousand people interested every single week, regardless of quality? Because you see with WWE their fan base will watch basically every week. And I guess it's different too, though, right? It's different when you have 900,000 to a million people versus, say, 2.3 million on on Fox. And every week is 2.2 to 2.3 to 2.4. But it's funny because the drop, let's say SmackDown has Roman, Cody, uh, LA Knight, and Rock makes an appearance, and then they do a 2.6 or 2.7 million. The next week is going to be 2.2, 2.3 because Rock's not there. Roman's definitely not going to be there every week. So you, that that's a three to three hundred to four hundred thousand viewer drop, and we don't discuss it in that same way. So it's interesting. Like AW stuff is is interesting because their audience is so much smaller than say SmackDown's audience that we look at it like, man, they lost a whole two hundred thousand people. But you could watch Raw, and if Raw's good one week, it might do a one point five or one point six million, and then the next week. They get slaughtered by Monday Night Football and basketball now, and that's 1.2, 1.3, and that's a whole 300 to 400,000 people. It's just WWE has a bigger audience, so naturally they're going to lose more when it goes down. Um, so, yeah, I, you know, like I said, I, I don't know. Um, like, honestly, I don't really know uh, what motivates people to watch the shows or not because I thought on paper the show this past week looked pretty good. Uh, and then it turned out to be pretty good based on, you know, what everybody said. And I think AEW, AEW's goodwill is going to be defined by something they struggle with, consistency. And that is where your audience is like, this week looks pretty good. Okay, I'll watch it. Or I missed this week. Oh, it was actually good. Hey, let me go tune in this week because they should have a good show coming up. And it sucks. And people are like, mm, see, they can't, they can't stay consistent. So I'm just not going to watch this week. It's not... When when Punk, Danielson, and Cole arrived, 
Dynamite felt like you didn't want to miss it because it was like, yo, this is crazy. They don't Alice have black that. too. Yep, Alice, like all these different guys, they don't have that. For one, you you what's the point of tuning into the show when you don't even know if say the best tag, the, the greatest tag team, quote unquote greatest tag team, is gonna show up that week. If you're an elite fan and your guys don't show up every week, then what? You can't bank on Kenny Omega being on Dynamite. You might not want to tune in. You might not. If the Young Bucks definitely don't show up to work that much. I think I show up to work more than Young Bucks do. So if that's the case, you don't want to tune in. You don't know who's going to be on both shows. Collision also provides an issue because before, when Punk was there, right, everything was split, right? It's split. Now it's like a little more fluid. Now people can go wherever. You know, you might not be on Collision every week, but you might be on there. And my issue is this is where AEW struggles. If Punk was there and Punk was still there and we we ran the same stuff that they're, they're running now, guess what? AEW probably has consistent rating because you you look you now look forward to the unpredictable part of it, right? Because there's no all unpredictability also on AEW's part, which I think some of it would be nice to have. Like the devil storyline, right? This devil storyline that's going on. Who who's gonna be behind the mask? We know it's not Max. Is it going to be Cole when he gets back in six to eight months or four to six months, whatever it is? Is it going to be somebody else? Like, you have to pay off your storyline. So, and there's also not a lot of engaging stories in AEW right now. I think the Jay White Max thing is like off and on to me. Um, I think Swerve and Hangman is actually pretty good. Um, my, my concern is that Hangman gets his win back. And I don't think that helps anyone involved in the story. So th- these are little things that I think make people tune in and tune out. And, you know, like I said, the theory has been proven for a while now that good episode, bad episode. But the problem is this is the <laughs> this is the issue. Good episode, bad episode. Good ep- if you have those people tune in and, and they saw a bad episode, maybe if the episode was good, like the week, like the week they heard prior, maybe your numbers go up. Because that's two good shows in a row that people are like, oh, man, I missed it. Man, AEW cooking right now. Let me watch. So one thing that's... I do like um, and that will help them avoid the uh, the uh, sci-fi Smackdown uh, Rampage's baby situation. Um, I like the idea of setting up angles and matches on Dynamite for ramp for collision. And vice versa, collision stuff leading to, oh, and we're going to finish this on Dynamite. You know, the continuity between the shows, using each show's platform to advertise big stuff for the other one. Um, Because, you know, how often have we seen, it seems like since Collision has started almost, it's it's very kind of haphazard and 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 last second when everything gets gets uh, advertised. All you need is something small on Dynamite to say hey this is what we got we got going on a collision i'll fucking see you there i'm gonna whoop that ass whatever you know that thing with with uh kenny and mjf was perfect um use dynamite as a vehicle to advertise what's going on on collision and collision vice versa set up things that are happening on dynamite yeah yeah well that's it's just just you know just continuing, just being able to continue things and, and have a stream. It's like a stream. There's not a there's not a consistent flow in AEW, and that's been my my issue. To be fair, it's not really a consistent flow in wrestling in general um, these days, and that's part of why sometimes if I miss it or something, I'm, I'm like not you know, 
uh, not really a not really a big thing for me if I miss the show. I do, however, I, I do want to talk a little bit about how I think I think post and I and, and I hate saying this because I feel like we do this every pay per view cycle where the pay per view happens oh, after this like, pay per view it's going to be cleaned up right and it's like <laughs> it, it, and and like and it's funny thing I hear that from people in the company too right where it's like oh yeah man after pay per view we're going to be real focused and and you know now they got another pay-per-view like this is going to be the challenge for aw now right they have what is now every month pay-per-views right um you know this is which they got now i'm sorry they got to figure something out with that not not the right idea in my opinion but hey it could be but but uh you're playing with fire having these things be 50 bucks, man. Well, I think they're working on something for that. Well, um, I that's, I think we all think that, um, but they need to stop working on it and have it, have it be worked. It. Yeah, <laughs> it's time for the working on it part to be to be done and have it be announced because, um, man, you there's a there's a slippery fucking slope that can happen with that. Yeah, Um but the funny part is they did so many good numbers for having what was it three pay per views and like a yeah and like a was it a three week like to four week radius or something like that I, I think it was it was all in all out no something else right I and can't remember the other one it, and that's great and I think what people kind of lose sight of is it's the uh, nothing lasts forever man and at some point at some point it's just inevitable that some of your audience is going to start. Saying, oh, eh, I don't know if I have to see this pay-per-view. I don't know if I, this is not, you know what I'm saying? At some point, people are going to start seeing these as missable in some percentage of the audience. Um, And once that that gets going, very hard to recover from. Um, Well, so. So my thing is, so, okay. So this is one thing I don't like. And I'm going to say this because this bothers me. World's in. It's in Long Island. It's December 30th. Clearly, it's about you know it's a it's a there's a New Year's you know New Year's Eve play on it and World's in. I think they need to end this quote unquote bidding war MJF story because I feel like we all know he's not going anywhere. I think at this point we know he's about to be given the longest AEW title reign in the company's short history. He just beat the the only EVP that I have respect for uh, in the company. He has beat Brian Danielson. He has beat John Moxley. He has pinned in the past CM Punk twice in the same match. He is about to pass a year as champion, unless, of course, um, you know, unless, of course, there's some chance Jay White defeats him. I think playing up this idea that MJF is leaving and then having a, a show on December 30th in Long Island. I think it's cheap because people are going to be like, oh my gosh, this is MJF's last AEW show, and he's going to probably have a match. He might win it, 
and if or or loses it, and then when he loses it, he could say, "Oh, I might need time off," and blah 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 blah, or or he like I just feel I hate those cheap stories where it's like, I'm gonna leave and I'm gonna be gone. It's like when he left after calling Tony Khan a mark, and people are like, "Is MJF ever coming back?" And it's like, man, he's on vacation. He's playing up the gimmick. He's gonna be back by by all out, and he was back by all out. So you know, there's there's some stuff there that I feel. Um, I do. I think this is the issue you're gonna run into with week with monthly pay per views. Every single month, they're gonna have a pay per view. They're gonna space them out, right? So World's End is December 30th. I would not expect an actual pay per view in January from AEW, but February, absolutely. Either they're gonna, I think, I think you're gonna either they're gonna do Revolution in February, or they're gonna push Revolution to a little bit later in March. And then do one at the very beginning of February, which still kind of coincides with uh, January, February, stuff like that. And I think it's just it's tough because now you got to really book, and now you can't. The, the, you got to really book. But guess what? You can't drag on your stories for three months and do these safe booking. Now, now you got to get you got to put people in these positions. So, I, I, like this is going to be a challenge for them. And I know already based on what I've heard through the grapevine. It is a challenge right now, right now for them, and you don't someone, need to hear it. We can all see it. Yeah, and someone who someone described everything to me as this is going to be a mess, but messes can get cleaned up, and I said that's one way to put it. Um, and messes can be cleaned up, but sometimes messes leave stains that you can't remove. So, well, they need to start making those messes and stains from good things which happens sometimes um you would like you said (laughs) they're playing into the we're playing into the gimmick we here on dar sports media playing into our gimmick of pumping out fucking awesome content um we got sports show coming up again uh i hope you all tuned in now remember we're doing both because I know there's not is not complete 100% crossover. We do quite a bit bigger numbers for the wrestling show than the other ones. For any of you listening right now, we do both NFL and NBA on the sports show that comes out midweek now. So yep. if you like either of those, check those out. Um, also be sneaking in a little bit of college football as things start to wind down in that season and things begin to uh, apex. We are working on... You know, we had a lot of stuff going on in October, and you guys just wait, man, because some of the stuff we that, that was just the, the tip of the iceberg. We are gonna have we got a lot of cool stuff uh, on deck coming up that's gonna be really rolling within the next couple of months. Um, getting through some red tape, working some things out. Um, but yeah, we got a lot of cool stuff coming up in the next few weeks. Look out for some guests. Uh, true, we got a ton of music out there. Um, what was the what was it? When are we getting some more info on this damn this new this new AEW rap album? What's what's the what the hell? So, once again, as I just just put it out, someone said things are a mess. Oh, yeah. The messes get cleaned up. Uh, I just say this: the album's done. My part has been done since July. Um, everyone else has been done. Um, there is a cipher. That features 14, I'm sorry, 15 MCs, um, including, you know, TZ, who's on the show, 
uh, Anthony King, who's been on the show, Mega Sparks, who has been on the show, uh, Blizz, who has you know been on the show briefly before, uh, Mega Ran, who you who you were part of a podcast with, uh, you know, with Eclipse Theory, he he's on it. Um, there's a ton of us on it. Um, so there's there's a, there's a cipher that's going to be the last song on the album. There are a bunch of songs. I'll give you a little little small glimpse into what this album is about. Uh, if you go to AW Spotify page, they have the Who We Are Volume One. Now this was a particularly special um, album because it released released during Black History Month. Uh, it was hosted by Bootsy Collins, a legend, and we ended up getting the album put into the African-American Museum of Music in Nashville. So if you want to go and see the museum in Nashville, you will see AW's Who We Are Volume 1 in that museum. So an album that I'm a part of is in a museum. But part two is a little bit different. It's a mix of Ring of Honor and AW um, talent. We're doing songs to kind of talk about their careers and similar to the first part, but not specifically um about their careers in general just kind of maybe them currently uh so you know, you could see some themes you know you could see some new themes come along uh from this when it debuts so we're just sitting on it right now um i have a song for trisha dora who is uh very very well known uh especially in the baltimore dc area she's from dc so um like i said there's a ton of MC mcs on this it's all produced by Rich Lotta, who is uh, Swerve City's, um, I guess, their go-to in-house producer. And he's, he's, he's a talented artist in his, in his own right. So um, that album should have been out by now. <laughs> but there was a few setbacks. Uh, the first setback was, unfortunately, Rich lost his father. And so as a result, it's been pushed back a little bit. But we're they're working on a date working on promotional materials. We're, we're almost at the finish line. And when it's announced, uh, you'll it'll see be all over the show. Well, yeah. Yeah. And it'll be a big press release from AEW and all that stuff. So it's just, you know, it's just a matter of time. Things, you know, things have been delayed a lot in AEW. Uh, even this, uh, a debut of a certain lady who could maybe bring some money to the company. I don't know. Um, I'm so sick of this. Whatever. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think we're all sick of it, right? I think we're all at the point where it's like, come on now. Like, this should have been over. But, yeah. Oh, hopefully, yeah. when it shows up, it will be over. Yeah. yeah. Hopefully. Both literally and figuratively. Uh, so, yeah. Weekend Wrestling, AEW, who we are, part two, coming out soon. It'll be all over the show when it is because it's like DAR Sports, friends of DAR Sports Media. Um, True is back in Atlanta, so we're good to go. Check out sports and be on the lookout for the feed for some awesome guests, various subjects. Coming up, the world of DAR Sports Media never stops. USA. 